Hear that? It's the sound of someone whacking the ground with a rake. Specifically, they're beating around the bush, which we've done enough of in this ad too, so let's get right to it. The new moneymaker scratch-off from the Ohio Lottery doesn't beat around the bush. Money maker. Play the game and you could win money, up to $2 million. With more than $88 million in prizes, ranging from $50 to $500, Moneymaker cuts right to the cash. Lottery players are subject to Ohio laws and commission regulations. Play responsibly. Hi, John. Hello. Welcome to New New Football Club. How's it going? I see you've got a new background. Yeah, got a uh, assigned. Oh, let me point that. So you got Alex Fisher. Yeah, got a nice message from Alex Fisher to John. Something I think says very best wishes. So uh, Alex Fisher is now in the background of every pod. And then this is a very special Exeter City top. This is uh, the thousandth goal under trust ownership was scored in this top right here. Match one. By Jonathan Fort. That what was that? It says on it. 2018. 22nd of September 2018. 3-1 win against worth? Cheltenham Town. Uh, probably not a lot. It's a, it's a pretty historical piece, though. Thousand goals in yeah. under 20 years. Not bad. Your dad's probably seen all of those. <laughs> uh, probably quite a few of them, actually. Yeah, scarily. A thousand goals. I wonder how many he remembers. Oh, my, if he's into a game, my dad remembers everything. Does he? I'm going to tell you, the goal scorer. Uh, was he there on Saturday? Yep. Was he? Yep. Well, today, we, today, John, we have Paul Hawksby on. Yeah, big one. Big one. Now, Paul Hawksby, in my mind, is the best. Okay, yeah. He's the best. What makes you, what makes you say that? Well, for people that don't know who Paul is, why don't you enlighten Well, him? he's presenter on... Talk sport. Yeah. Um, he's a comedy writer. He used to write for Harry Hill. See, this is the side of him I don't know. I just know Paul Hawksby as the sports presenter, the best, one of the best sports presenters. I don't know anything about his comedy side. I think I want to be Paul Hawksby. You've always wanted to be, or you want to be now? No, I think I want to be Paul Hawksby. Okay. I think I want to be. On a, elaborate. A part of me that wants to yeah. be Paul. Well, it's just a part of me that wants to be Paul Hawksby. What can I say? Poor bloke, he's got to walk into this Zoom. Well. <laughs> no, well. John, here's a question. Would you like your own show at TalkSport? Are you offering me this or are you asking me would no, I like no, it? No, I've got absolutely no sway. Uh, I would love my, oh, yeah, of course. Who, who doesn't? Who wouldn't? Oh, loads of people. My mum, she'd hate it. I reckon she'd be like, oh, she'd find something to talk about. But when you're thinking about um, when you're thinking about life after university, what are you thinking? Yeah, well, I want to do something. Along- I want to work in radio to start with. Definitely, that's my dream. Yeah, I don't know. Why don't you pick pick balls, balls, pick ball? Can you hear me? Yeah, I could. I could hear you. <laughs> my mic's been weird. Pick balls, ball brains, not balls brains. <laughs> yeah, pick well, balls. Yeah, but people don't want to listen to that for half for Yeah, they do. Pick his brains about what? Why can't it talk sport? Well, I can't, I can't. This can't be a forty-five minute episode on me asking it to. Yeah, work. it can. But, well, if you yeah. if you bring it up, then yeah. But I'm I can't. I'm not going to go. Oh, hi, Paul. I'd love to work at your firm. 
<laughs> this is now an interview. He won't mind. Yeah, he will. No, he won't. Yeah, he will. we, He's such a lovely man. I don't, I don't know, and I've never spoke to Love him. Love if he got arsey. Yeah, imagine. I'm not doing this no, episode. No chance. <laughs> would you like to be a presenter on TalkSport? Yeah, I really would. Yeah. 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 <sighs> That's got to be the dream dream job, isn't it? Like, well, not necessarily at TalkSport, but just to have your own little slot on a, on a radio station every morning or afternoon. Just pop on. Hello, listeners. Talk about it till the cows come open. Yeah, well, you'd have to talk about Prem football. Yeah, 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 yeah. But having moved to uni, you I've had your to lower league that. slot, can you? Yeah, exactly. You your lower That's what slot. they're missing. They're missing a lower league have they not slot. got a lower league I don't know. If they do, I don't listen to it. So they need someone to bring in the audience, and that is me. Well, you've got to know if they've got the lower league slot, otherwise. Okay, here we go. Should we do a little research? I'm surprised if they haven't. I mean, they might have a segment, but I doubt they've got their own dedicated one till... They've probably got ten mins. Yeah, well, who want people want more than ten mins? I think they might do like a generic football roundup. Actually, um, talk sport. Mm. I've got to get the questions up. Yeah, that's good. See, look, you're, you're learning. Yeah, see, I'm thinking. How many how many years have we been doing this now? I on here, right? I, I don't. It doesn't. There's a football league section, but that's just all football, not just Premier League. They have a Premier League preview show. Right, maybe this is a better way to Google it. Um, show. Well, I'm not too sure. Well, there's your little gap. Hello. Hello, Paul. Hello. Can you hear me all right? Yeah, good. How are you? Yeah, not too bad, thanks. Not too bad, guys. How are you? Uh, good. Thanks for coming on. No problem. Uh, this room, I just double checking. I had a couple of issues the other day with signal. So if signal starts to break down, I'll move elsewhere in the house. But it should be okay. Yeah, that's Paul. I've got to say before we start, uh, what have I got to say? <laughs> 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 I was talking to Charlie Baker, and I was like, I, I think part of me wants to be Paul Hawksby. Oh God, blimey! <laughs> <laughs> And uh, I think it's because you make it look so easy. That's very kind of you. Is it easy on the radio, Paul? Uh, it's yeah. I mean, I think there's tougher jobs. So, <laughs> but it can kind of helps who you work with, really. I mean, you can, if you work with the wrong people, it can be it can be pretty tough, you know. But oh, Charlie's okay. very easy. Andy's very easy to work with. Max is so that makes the whole process a lot easier. Knowing people is is the key, really. I think so. Yeah, I, mean, I think the thing is, I was chatting to John, we were talking about you before, and I said, I think you're the best at it, though. Is that- oh, God bless you, that's very kind. Just yeah. tell my boss, I'll get a bit more money. <laughs> <laughs> How long have you been doing it, Paul? Oh, no, the Wi-Fi's gone. Well, I'll do that. I think it'll be all right, then. Just, it's a, yeah, it's just a, a ways from... Uh, the router, it seems to be having problems. It should be all right now. Yeah. So it's there we go. Okay, is that better? I mean, yeah. you're a good presenter, but your Wi-Fi's... <laughs> My Wi-Fi's crap, yeah. Blame Richard Branson, if he still owns it. I've got no idea. Crap Wi-Fi. I can't remember what the question was. <laughs> uh, yeah, no, you were saying... Um, yeah, how long have you been doing it for? Uh, I've been doing it for... Um, 23 years we we started doing it originally really? so yeah 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 because i'll be honest with you paul this is john john paul hey john How hello are you, john hello paul 
Yeah, I've John got, I've would got. like. I mean, this we're not getting you on to ask you, but John would like to a job at Talk Sport. <laughs> that's um, that's more from David. I think David wants me to work at Talk Sport. No, to be honest, I'd love to work anywhere, but obviously, Talk Sport is a uh, is massive, and I, I bet the competition for places yeah. there is uh, is pretty fierce. And it's an easy commute, John, isn't it? Exeter to uh, to London Bridge. Yes. <laughs> You'd be getting back on the train the minute you got off it. Yeah, that is true. <laughs> How did you get into it, Paul? Um, I don't know. Andy and, Andy and I sort of, I don't know, he, he knew someone who worked at Talk Sport. He knew Tom Watt, of course, right. from, of oh, EastEnders yeah. fame. And yeah. he did a show, he did a show there. And Andy had done some hospital radio in the past and wanted to kind of get back into doing a bit. So, um, I don't know, he contacted Tom and thought me and him would be quite good at doing something. Because we, we worked with um, David Burdell and Frank Skinner on, on fantasy football and stuff. He just felt there was, yeah. you know, there was something that we could do together as we worked together before on that. What did you um, do on fantasy football, Paul? Uh, I, I, worked, on it? I worked on the last series. I was one of the producers on the, well, not the last series, but on the World Cup series that they did in 1998. But Andy produced them all. Andy, Did he? Andy produced every fantasy football, really, right, more or less until the end of the yeah, maybe the last series he didn't do because we were doing the radio. But right. yeah, yeah, he did. He did lots of that. So, um, but yeah, we just we just had this kind of half an idea it might work because we worked together. We were working in TV together, and then and then we just gave it a crack, and they liked it, and they they gave us a, a kind of once a week gig. And then it turned into a, a a more regular thing, really. How were you like the first few days when you turn when the when you're sort of on air, you're going live? Were you nervous? Uh, yeah, I was a bit. I mean, I, funny enough, I'd done some stuff on Radio Five years before. They had this kind of fantasy football game where you all had to pick a team, and uh, I, I kind of was just crap on it. I just don't know. I just I I was just so I, I don't know. Yeah, very nervous and very stilted and. And I thought, I'm not really kind of giving the best of myself here. And I decided if I ever got another chance to do some radio, I'd just loosen up a bit and just have a bit more fun with it and just be myself and not be so, you know, self-critical or whatever. So, I, yeah, I mean, I, I just, you know, I think we always say, people say to us, you know, would you like, I'd like to be on radio, have you got any advice? And I'd say, you know, don't have a radio voice, don't have a radio persona. You've got to be the same off as you are on. That's got to be the key, I think. Otherwise, you know, if it's not authentic, then people are going to, they're going to tell that. They're going to realise yeah. that. So, so what were you doing, Paul, when when Andy was doing fantasy football? Were you doing lots of writing, comedy writing? Uh, I thought, well, I worked. I did some comedy writing. Yeah, I also worked at um, Chelsea at the football club for a year. I, I, I started. I started a football magazine in the early nineties called Ninety Minutes with a friend of mine. Did you? Yeah. So oh. we, we yeah we started Ninety Minutes and then it was ultimately sold to a couple of different publishing companies, Dennis Publishing and then IPC were the big publishers who did stuff like Shoot. So um, I was working at IPC and then I got offered a job. Ken Bates offered me a job at Chelsea. On the So I, I thought yeah, that would be interesting, a bit different, an interesting, exciting time, sort of 1997 to go into a football club like that that was sort of, going in the right direction so even though i was a tottenham fan it was a bit weird oh yeah i think the day i needed i knew i needed to leave is when i said 
we. I said we about Chelsea, and I just felt really mm. dirty. <laughs> I know, just at work, you know, I thought I couldn't divorce the work. And I had to go and watch Tottenham lose 6-1 to Chelsea. Uh, they beat a 6-1 at White Hart Lane. And I had to go to work on the Monday, so you can imagine what that was like. And I think an absolute coating like that. Yeah, so. yeah. My, my son's just started supporting Tottenham. Oh, really? Wow, of all the choices. <laughs> why has why, why that happened, David? Because he watched Tottenham beat Man City last season. Oh, wow. And it was after that, he said, that's it. I'm, and now he's got the kit. <laughs> oh, good. That was great. It's fantastic. I hope he yeah. sticks with it. You couldn't call him a glory hunter, could you? <laughs> no. 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 Wow. I do like the kit, though. The kit's quite nice. Looks, yeah, it's nice. clean. Have you, got, have you got a kit, Paul? Um, I, I think that's maybe a cut off for wearing the kit, and um, I think I may have I may have crossed it. Really, I think I don't don't, don't buy the kit anymore. I've got a couple of old ones to play five aside in, but I I don't buy the new kit. I don't buy the new shirt. I certainly wouldn't buy the shorts and socks. No, no, I've got some extra <laughs> pants. Oh, I've got, that's nice. <laughs> if you want to borrow, Classic. well, they're in the sale. I mean, did you pay full whack for? Oh, yeah. nice, yeah. beautiful. Yeah, very nice. Do you, do you go a lot to, to Tottenham to get to, to get to go a lot, or is it still sort of, sort of yeah sort of busy? Or? I'm a season ticket older, John. Yeah, I've got I've had a season ticket for quite a few years now. But I've always gone. I've gone pretty regularly since kind of since the early seventies. Really, it wasn't my first game, but since sort of early seventies, I've gone on a pretty regular basis. So uh, yeah, I still go every every other week. I don't go away very often these days, but um, but uh, yeah, I, I go to the games all the time. Do you ever pay any attention to the lower leagues, Paul? Well, I know this is going to be contentious on this particular podcast, <laughs> knowing your uh, your allegiances. You mentioned Charlie Baker there, and Charlie Baker and John Cadogan, our producer, are, are talking United fans, as I believe geographically you should have been, according to Charlie, because he worked out the distance from your house and it was near a Torquay than it was Exeter. <laughs> you went glory hunting. Yeah, but, um, yeah. So I went, I, I went to, I've been keeping an eye on them because I kind of lived the, the nightmare vicariously through them. You know, and they, they went down to the Conference South. Then they came up. The only thing the club had ever won to come back up into the National League. And now they've gone down again. And I went to a game against Boreham Wood at Boreham Wood late last year. Oh, yeah. And, and stood with the Torquay Ultras. Yeah. And it was a great, it was a great experience. It was, uh, you know, a very different experience to Tottenham, where you could kind of get lost in the sea of sixty odd thousand people. But just to be in the away end with these, I mean, a lot of them had travelled up from Torquay, you know, hell of a journey to Boreham Wood. And at the time, there was nothing down for them. But they, from that night, they put a little run of results together and gave a bit of false hope to the fans. But I really enjoyed the experience. I enjoyed yeah, did every you, word. Did you? Really yeah, enjoy it was great. <laughs> Yeah, no, I did. I did. I, I, it's a different. It's a different. You get a bit. I don't know. You get a bit elitist at times yeah. because you know the ball's not on the floor a great deal, and there's a lot of unforced errors. And it's you know somebody heads it and somebody heads it back, and you're thinking, oh, for God's sake, get it down on the floor. Yeah, but yeah. That, you know, it's a bit like. Well, I'm, I'm not being insulting, but it's a bit like used to watching. Used to going to a West End show, and then you're watching the mousetrap and dram. You know, it's the. <laughs> Yeah. It's a bit, it's a bit amdram, isn't it? Really, it's it's essentially well, the same thing. It's still the same play, but not necessarily yeah. uh, quite as good. Well, I went to watch um, Exeter v Coventry on Saturday in a pre-season friendly, and I was looking at Coventry like they were 
like Maradona, I just couldn't believe it. <laughs> See, you'd look like, you'd probably look down your nose a little bit at Coventry, but I, I just thought they looked stunning, Paul. You should keep your eye on Coventry. Yeah, well, I, mean, I think they're, they're on the rear. Yeah. There are certain players. I remember I went going to the Torquay game, and you just know these blokes that have played much higher level, played further up the league, because they always seem to have about 10 minutes longer on the ball than anybody else. And like the centre forward, they're often defenders. The centre forward makes a run and this kind of wily old centre-half just sort of basically already standing there waiting for him because he knows what he's going to do. And you do see that. You do see guys playing down that, yeah. that really could play a much higher level for whatever yeah. reason aren't, you know. I love the fact that I watch a standard of football that is maybe not as great as what other people are used to, like yourself, Paul. And then mm. I get to go and watch Man City and I get to see the, the top players. Um and I think, wow, this is like the, that's the level, and I I appreciate the the top quality players more as a result of not seeing them as much. Yeah, and also you've you know, John, you got no skin in that particular game. You watch City, you're just watching it purely as a game of football, but you care about Exeter. I, I went and watched Tottenham in the what was what would now be the Championship that season. They went down, and it didn't feel any different to me. I'm sure if Tottenham, who knows what could happen, if Tottenham who ended up in League Two. I'd still go. They'd still be my team and I'd still feel as passionate about it. I probably wouldn't even notice that slipping quality. You know, I'd just be in the moment watching my team. So uh, I just think, I think football's always so much better when you've got skin in the game. It's always quite nice to watch a game as a neutral and admire it as a game of football, but you've got to care really. That's the only yeah. way you can really probably enjoy it. Yeah, because my wife came on Saturday and oh. she didn't feel anything. <laughs> <laughs> she really Does she did. have any prior football allegiance, though? Does she support am, the team? I'm desperate to get her to come every Saturday. I want to get her a season ticket. Yeah. I, I honestly, I was going on and on on Saturday saying, please, just give me a season. Please. <laughs> and she's not having it. You said you found yeah. that she, she was celebrating some goalkeeper saves and things like that. So she was in it in the moment, wasn't she? Well, she showed no interest walking back to the car. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, yeah. Paul, what was that little that thing you said watching Boreham Wood, Torquay Boreham Wood? When was it the sub came on? Oh, Charged. that's right. Yeah, they had they had a player called. Um, I, I said, "Who's going to come on now?" The player went off, and I said, "Who's going to come on now, Charlie?" He said, "Probably Wyatt," and I said, "I predict a Wyatt." And then so like a few of them heard it, they were going, I predict a wire, I predict the wire. They're all joined. And it took off. And he said, and apparently, apparently for the next game, Charlie said, I've been coming here for like 40 years, never got a song away. Your first game, one song, you've got it away. So, yeah. See? You yeah. can do that, Paul. <laughs> uh, but no, yeah. I love the, uh, the very earthy banter. There was, there was a, they've got a gang of lads who get the coach up, I think, and, and enjoy themselves on the coach. And uh, they were giving the goalkeeper. I mean, God, it was. I mean, because you could hear every word of it. Unlike Tottenham, where it just gets lost in a sea of kind of Cockney noise. This is yeah. this is sort of uh, sort of West Country effing and jeffing on a, yeah. on, a complete, on an industrial scale. <laughs> <laughs> it was very entertaining, though. How many people were there watching Torquay? Um, I mean, Boreham would have not particularly well supported club. The great thing, the great, no. the great joys was I, I parked the car and I, I think I had about 15 steps to get into the Torquay end from the car park. It was like being the managing director of the club. But <laughs> yeah. Torquay take quite for a, for a, you know, for a team in that division, they take a decent away following, but there was a couple of hundred in there, but it was just, it was fun. It was a, it was a fun experience. Yeah. But is it fun? Big. Be- <laughs> 
Is it fun because it just feels a bit silly? <laughs> no, no, I know. I know. It, like, the thing is, I you kind of feed off their passion. I, you know, I can see what it means to to John and Charlie. Charlie, we got to the game. Charlie said, "We're gone." I don't know why you're coming here. We're definitely gone. And by the end of the evening. They'd beaten Boar and Wood, who were like in the playoffs, yeah. you know. Yeah. And they'd beaten Boar and Wood, and they're and he's saying, and he's going mad. They're all going absolutely mad. They're starting to believe again. So no, you do. I think you feed off feed off the passion of the people you you're around, definitely. Yeah, I I, I get I have, well not have to, but I tend to go and watch teams that my mates support uh, from uni and go to watch like Burton and people like that. And I find the same thing that although I'm not attached to that club in particular, you're attached to the way mm. your friends feel and the people around you feel about them and you sort of get a little bit engrossed. Yeah. No, absolutely. I mean I'll go I'll go again next season, I think, uh, to a couple of games. Yeah, to to, to talk matches just as a bit of a social really. I went to Farnborough recently as well. Um, um a friend of mine was a uh, uh a Farnborough fan. You probably knew him, Andy Smart, the comedian, David. Oh yeah, uh, yeah, I've never yeah. And, Andy, Andy died a couple of months yeah. back, and Andy used to co-commentate on the Farnborough games. So, uh, yeah, and he absolutely loved it. In the, he did the last season, so they had a special game in his memory the other week, just pre-season friendly against Wilston. So I went along to that, and again, I enjoyed the football. The good thing about football at that that time of the season, you get a lot of trialists. And so you don't actually know these players. You get to like try, and there was a there was a lad came on. I don't know what his name was. I, I hope his actual name is Trialist C because I think you're going to hear a lot more about him. He was he came on this this guy and scored two goals and just looked uh, at a level above some of the players we'd seen on the pitch. But yeah, they have complete. You have um, you know, about five or six trialists. That's always good when they're just trying the lad. Do you have do you have trialists at Exeter now and again? Do you have a few of them? Yeah, yeah, yeah. Yeah, we had. Uh, I mean, we've got. We had one of your former boys on trial. We had uh, Tom Carroll on trial, and he's now just yeah. signed to Paris. Is it? I was going to say, yeah, I saw that. I saw Tom Carroll had gone there. He was, was a very good, neat and tidy player, Tom. Yeah, he was. Yeah, he was. Yeah, I mean, I would imagine at that level, uh, he'd look pretty good. I know he sort of must be in his thirties now, but he's very neat and tidy. He never used to lose the ball much. What happened so, to him that, then, Paul? Why do you think he didn't? I think it's a bit lightweight. It doesn't have quite have the physicality wasn't probably wasn't premier league level on a consistent basis but i always thought he would have done all right in in the championship and that's what he did i think he had a pretty decent career um swansea wasn't he and stuff so but i always thought he was a good little player he's good on the ball so has he looked good john for you have you have you seen him play yeah i've seen him play a couple of times i saw him play out to well actually no he did, no i've only seen him play once because he was he, uh, he got injured mm-hmm. before the Torquay game but yeah he looks like you like you said you can tell that players that are maybe getting on a bit but have played at a higher level and just got they make so much time for themselves on the ball um but yeah he, yeah. he looked he look good on saturday and i think we're optimistic that he'll be like a, a key figure in our team if he stays yeah. fit have you got a favorite player david have you got have you got a name on the back of your well, that's the thing, you... they, i'm learning from lower league football this year we've got like 10 new players yeah so the, <laughs> honestly the whole team is completely different hmm but you know they look quite silky. This this bunch of new players. So I've got my yeah, own Reese Reese Cole. Oh yeah, Reese Cole. Okay, I'll look out for him. What position does he play? So what is this? Cam central attack, central attacking midfielder. I feel slightly out of my depth there. I, I feel why. like he, I think he's more of a central <laughs> midfielder. Plays in like the the eights or or a six maybe. Of do you know what, Paul? He's got a good haircut. Good. 
<laughs> he's got a nice pair of pins. Mm. And that's... <laughs> That's do you think he has? Does he have his haircut in Exeter, or do you think he goes beyond That's Exeter? A good question. Yeah. That's a good Could you question. ask him that when you next see him yeah, in the I'll press conference? Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> but I'm not used to this, Paul. In lower league, it feels like every two seasons. John, is that right? Just the whole team changes. Yeah, because because people are in the lower leagues are sort of only ever offered like two or three year deals max because you know of the financial mm. positions that clubs are in either the good ones after those two years or three years move on to better things or after two or three years you find out that player isn't good enough so you find yourself constantly in a cycle of two or three years sort of replacing your whole starting 11 at times like we have this season so i think this is david's first experience of that and he's a bit oh, it's exciting churn if they say it's a good thing in the Premier League, you want churn in the Premier League. You want fresh faces, not necessarily ten, but you do. Uh, you do want a bit of churn. It's not bad for a team; keeps everybody on their toes. So. Well, I reckon we've got that first eleven. Must be seven, eight new faces, brand new. Wow, yeah, wait. yeah quite quite That's a few loanees and uh, and a few few young additions as well. I think we've gone for a very young recruitment this summer. Bar Tom Carroll, it's been very very interesting. It's not normally what we'd go mm-hmm. for. Mm. So you're feeling optimistic, boys, are you, this season for your team? Absolutely we are. That's good, that's good. Paul, you've met lots and lots of footballers. (laughs) (laughs) Do do you still go... um, um, Who am I thinking? Uh, Wow, there's Dan Petrescu set opposite me. Do you you Uh, still think that when they come in the studio? Well, yeah. I mean, we don't get a lot of the current players coming into the studio. Very. There's been exceptions. I mean, when I've been around the building, where sort of Wayne Rooney's been in and stuff like that. So, yeah, it's all a bit weird when you're seeing the kind of current players. We get, we tend to get, you know, some of our guys are recently retired. A lot of the guys that work at at Talk Sport, like sort of Gabag Bon Lahore and yeah. Darren Bent. I saw, I saw Darren play for Spurs and yes, Matt Holland and stuff like that. But yeah, you, yeah. Now and again, I get I get quite often get quite starstruck by you do the guys still. I saw in my youth. Yeah, I think yeah, I think you know. I, I, I remember when I, I remember Andy Jacobs, especially when Frank Lampard came in. He was like he's like a twelve like a twelve year old girl. Yeah. I mean, never seen never seen him like that. Before. <laughs> <laughs> it was it was great. I mean, I but, met Ken Doherty hmm. recently, and I felt. Are we going to say Ken Dodd? <laughs> <laughs> yeah, yeah. I met Ken Doherty. I walked past him, and I, I got the, uh, I got the shivers. Really? Down my... he's a, I know Ken a bit. He's been on Do the you? show a few times. He's a, he's a he's a he's a nice man, Ken, isn't he? I, I, he's not the, he's not the sort of man that. Um, and what you did you? I mean, this is the thing we. I'll be honest with you, Paul. On, yeah. Yeah, mm. I think he came out of the toilets and just walked by me. That was <laughs> <about> it. <laughs> so that was it. You never. You didn't. Did you give him? Did you give him a nod, cursory nod? Yeah, I think he said. He said something, and I went, "Oh, yeah, yeah." What you tend to do, what you tend to do, is is make a bit of a fool of yourself because you're starstruck. And we've we've had some great calls and sort of emails from listeners over the years. And there, I mean, like you just say stupid things there was a bloke he was in a in a in a burton's or in some tailor's shop one day and there was a guy with a tape measure uh doing chris waddle's inside leg and uh, chris's suit had chalk all over it and all the pins and all that and uh, the bloke saw me said all right chris what are you doing buying a suit 
<laughs> what am I supposed to say to that? It's just, and he just sort of looked at him. I mean, honestly, there's you get a whole litany of just saying daft things because you get slightly starstruck. So I try not to do that if I can help. Yeah. Do you think that's acceptable, Paul? Do you think it's? Do you think like? Uh, do you think like footballers are sort of like, oh yeah, okay, that guy's starstruck by me. You know, when someone says something stupid, do you think they understand what's uh, what's going on? Right, uh, maybe, maybe they do. You get a bit tongue-tied. You see people that, that you admire or you've watched and you kind of, you know, I try not to. You try and have this veneer of, of professionalism. But it doesn't, that's not just football. There's anybody, if you, anybody you come across that, that you admire, you know, you might, you try, do you think, don't say something stupid, don't say something stupid. And this is internal dialogue, but you invariably do. So I'll tell you what's nice. Um, Michael Carrick came into the offices at TalkSport a couple of years ago. And um, he came up and uh, he was just in there and, I, and uh, his agent was with him, Joe, I know. And she said, oh, uh, Michael, this is Paul. And he went, uh, uh, nice to meet you, Paul, Michael Carrick. And then he said, oh, nice to meet you, Andy, Michael Carrick. And uh, Andy said, yeah, I know you are. And I thought, no, that shows real humility. It's just don't beat the bloke up for saying it shows <laughs> humility. It's not like, you know who I am. Yeah, so I won't even bother to introduce myself. I thought, what, an, what a nice touch. What a nice touch that is. Yeah. I'm not sure all football. I don't know if Diego Maradona used to do yeah. that. <laughs> Certainly yeah. not in a Geordie accent. No. <laughs> Who's the player, Paul, who you, if you met or have met, where you uh, felt a bit wobbly-legged? Oh, I'm trying. Oh, that's a good question. Um, what do you like around Hoddle? You, what do you like around? Oh Hoddle? yeah, well yeah. I, t- I, I, t- I had a I had a great Glenn moment really. I um I met him. I sort of spoke to him a couple of times. I interviewed. Him. I went up. I went down to Swindon with Garth Crooks when I was editing Ninety Minutes, and we interviewed Glenn when he was at Swindon, and just kind of the two of us did it together. And it was that was that was fun to talk to Glenn when he was still like a player manager. But then when we went to the World Cup in Brazil, myself and Andy, um, Ian Wright was working at our place. And Wrighty said, um, uh, come down to the ITV hotel and have a drink. So uh, we went along there and all the ITV sort of commentary team and presenting team were sort of there in floating in and out the bar, you know, Gordon Strachan and Lee Dixon and all these guys. Some of them we come across before over the years, just sort of said hello to. But Glenn was there, and Glenn, I do get a bit starstruck around Glenn because, you know, he's, he's the greatest player I've ever watched on a regular basis. Um, so uh, every, all the others, a couple of them went to the gym, right? He said, I, I've got to go and meet somebody after we had a couple of drinks. And there was a game on sort of South Korea versus Colombia or something like that on in the bar on the big screen. And everybody drifted off for, to go and do different stuff. And I said to Andy, should we sit here and watch the game? He said, yeah, fine. So we got a beer in and Glenn stayed. Glenn had decided just to sit there and watch the match. And he ate, because he was probably going to be doing co-coms on him later in the tournament, he's making a few notes. So he watched the game with Glenn. And it was just fascinating. I was just, I was, it was a real pinch myself moment, really. Because he's saying, see what they're doing there. They sh-, you know, he was just sort of talking us through the match and things he'd spotted. And again, I thought to myself, why was this guy not? I mean, I know he managed England, but after the Wolves job, he never got back in. And I was thinking to myself, hey, this guy, how's this guy not a manager? I, I really, really don't get it. And also, so, how did he not play? He didn't play that much for England, did he? He never felt like a regular. He was, it, it was at a time when Sir Bobby, I mean, Sir Bobby Robson put all his trust in that position. He put all his trust in Brian Robson. And it was a kind of either or. So Glenn, Glenn, under, you know, look, I mean, Michel Platini always used to say, 
you know, if he'd been French, he would have got about 200 caps. You know, you would have, would have built a team around him. But, you know, Bobby Robson's a great manager, but he loved what Brian Robson bought to a team. And Glenn always get the chance to fit into it. I don't know if he could always completely trusted him. So, uh, which have is you, straight. Have you ever seen any of these older players kick a ball around? Like, yeah. Like, uh, have you? Have you? Yeah. What's that? Well, like? I tell you what, I can, I can probably, about 10 years ago, uh, they've got a Spurs legends team and it's a, a lot of guys from the, mainly from the sort of eighties era, Paul Miller who played at the back, who played against Exeter. And we'll probably come on to that later in the FA cup in, uh, in 81. But, uh, sometimes it's players like Darren Anderton, Teddy oh. Sheringham turned out in a couple of them, uh, Justin Edinburgh, God bless him played. Um, so it's players of the kind of eighties era, maybe some late seventies. And, uh, they asked me to play in a, in a couple of games. They asked me if I fancied playing for the, the legends. You know, I'm sort of bloke then at that stage. I was about 50 and I'm like, Christ, you know, I felt really. And you're with your the, heroes. Yeah, exactly. So um, I played, I played a, a few games. So that was fantastic to be, that was part of a back four with Paul Miller, our old sort of 80s right back. Justin Edinburgh was the left back. Stuart Nethercott, who was another one of our, players from a sort of nineties uh, uh, and me with a back four. Um, David Howells played uh, Teddy, Teddy Sheringham, as I said, played in that game. Um, right. So that was, what, can that you, was obviously you can notice that they're very, very good still, but are they, how good are they? Even though they're in their fifties. Yeah. Basically. I mean, look, some, some are better than others. And so, <laughs> some, some of, yeah, some have physically looked after themselves a little bit better than, than others. Um, but some of those that have recently just retired, oh no, they're, they're, they've still got all the touches. Years ago at TalkSport, we had Rodney Marsh, and Rodney was in his, Rodney would have been in his late 60s, probably mid, about mid 60s, and we had a kind of five a side game. And you couldn't get near him. I've never seen anybody hold somebody off the ball like that. The kids, the kids could not get a touch on the ball. He was just still really classy. Obviously, he's a lot slower and a lot bigger. But I don't think I don't think they ever completely lose it. Our own Alan Brazil played in that, and like his back's shot and his knees are shot, but still got the touches. You can still see there was a great player in there. So I think you can always spot ex pros often over over others. I watched United play like the the ninety eight ninety nine team. I think they played a couple of months ago, and I just mm. felt a bit sad, Paul. There's a few derbies there, a few big old bellies. <laughs> Yeah, that's, that's yeah. the thing. It's the ones you don't recognise. It's the ones where you think, oh, who's that, who's that big chap? Oh, God, it's him. Yeah. It's, it's, yeah. <laughs> it's, it is quite a shock when you uh, – I'll tell you one who's amazing. Cliff Jones. Cliff played um, in the 60s for Tottenham. He's part of the double-winning team in 61. And Cliff near, lives near me. And I see him – He's like a sprightly 87, 88 now. And he's just Still ridiculous. Oh, no, he, 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 honestly, the way Tottenham played at the end of last season, yeah. I would have put him in. I would have put him in. <laughs> yeah. He's, no, but Cliff's, Cliff's a kind of a freak of nature. He's so ridiculously fit. And, um, yeah. So, you know, some of them, some of you well into their dotage are, are still in good shape. So, yeah. Uh, yeah. Just before we go on to the questions, Paul, do you think Harry Kane's going? I do. Yeah, I do think. Yeah, I do think he's likely to go. So, yeah, I, I think. Um, 
uh, yeah, I, I just got a feeling this one seems to have had a lot more kind of concrete uh, kind of sense that th this is the one that he quite fancies it. He sees this as a, as a good opportunity. Not to United. In, Not to United. No, no, it won't be to It'll be to Bayern Munich. I think that's really the only game in town. I don't think Tottenham would sell to Manchester United. No. I, I think it would it would cushion the blow if he's not in the country. They may even attempt a sort of buyback clause. So if he signs a three-year contract and he wants to leave, Tottenham have an option to sign him back. But I don't think they'll sell his team in the... I mean, probably by the time this goes out, I'll, I, he would have signed a new contract. But I doubt it very much. I think, I think he's going to buy and... And I think we could find out. But I think if they're going to do it, they've got to have to move on it very quickly so Tottenham can spend that money uh, on a, on another striker. And maybe he looks like a Bayern Munich player. Yeah. It's, it's, <laughs> yeah. I know what you mean. Yeah. yeah, it'll look good in Lados. And when they yeah. win, when they win, yeah, the trophy, fantastic. when they win the Bundesliga, well, they always go off to Oktoberfest. You ever seen that? Yeah, like look Pep, Pep in uh, Lederhosen. They're all yeah. tipping that Steins of beer. Yeah, it look great in that. Yeah, I think he, he would look. He would look rather good. I think. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> well, I think little trilby with a feather in it. Well, I've got to ask you uh, on behalf of mm. Exeter City fans. What are your memories of uh, of Steve Perryman, if you have any? Because um, wow, he, um, that's the great link, John, between our club. Yeah, he, yeah, he was he was um, like I mean he was part of the furniture of us for for a long long time, Steve. And I yeah. think a lot of Exeter City fans uh, remember him with very fond memories. What was it? Was he manager at Exeter? So. He was director of football, wasn't he? Yeah, he had he had a number of different roles. Yeah. He came down to help as a as a coach for a little bit, then moved up to director of football, mm. and then did all sorts of different things. But I mean, he was as a kid. I remember everyone would talk about Steve, and he was sort of very, very well liked and very well appreciated at Exeter City. Yeah, yeah, he's uh, he, yeah, absolutely. I, funny enough, I, I, I occasionally when when Steve if he hears something on Talk Sport that he doesn't agree with or winds him up, he'll often give me a call. And uh, and a couple of times he's heard stuff said, and he said, "Paul, you're going to have to get me on tomorrow. I can't believe the bollocks I'm hearing at the moment." <laughs> so he would just he would he'd want to come up. So I, I kind of keep in touch with him. And I had a chat. Funny enough, I was I was on a mate's birthday or stag do in Barcelona, and then um, we're down on the Ramblers having a beer, and the phone goes, and it's the skipper. It's Steve Perriman. So um, I think it was around the time that Exeter had gone down. And we were just having a we were having a chat about what it meant to the club and just how catastrophic it was in terms of funding a youth development and and I just uh, it's it's lovely to be able to talk to him like because he again he was one of my one of my playing heroes so uh, no he's a he's a great guy Stephen I know he was he was down there for a long time wasn't he I mean he, he you know, obviously had that terrible incident on the I don't know if you're aware of this David Steve had a it's on the bench a game and he had a he had a heart attack. And it was only that everybody moved really what? quickly. What? Yeah, yeah, and uh, the, everybody, the medical staff moved really quickly, and and effectively saved his life. Um, so <clears> yeah, that was a what pretty were you there, drama. Um, were you I think I may. I don't know if I, I remember hearing about. It. I don't know if I was there, but I mean, yeah. the, like this, the impact that Steve had on Exeter City is still like like present to see today so he was really big on a lot of things and one of the things was at the training ground you would never even if no one was playing on obviously if people were playing on it you wouldn't cut across the pitch but if people weren't playing on the pitch you don't walk across it you walk around it 
and <laughs> and uh, the other day I was at the training ground and someone went to cut across and someone went no no, no you can't cut across if Steve was here he'd uh, he'd have your ear off so um, a lot of, a loads of things that that I hear and see that he's implemented and he was he was so good for, for us as a football club and I think he's he'll go down as a as an Exeter City legend and certainly a Tottenham legend. Yeah, absolutely. And of course, I, I did see Exeter play. The only time I've seen Exeter play was when they played Tottenham. Uh, this is probably quite a legendary game. 1981 yep. FA Cup. I think it was the quarter final, And um, Exeter came to Spurs and I was at that game. So that's. I think they've only played twice. I looked it up because I I could only remember that one time. Apparently it was a game in 1968, but I wasn't at that. Yep. But um but yeah, we played played during the quarterfinal, and actually, it was quite chilling watching it back because it was early eighties, so all the fences were up at, at the game, and you were like caged in. It's hard to believe that you know we we ever treated football supporters like that. So you watch the highlights; everybody's behind these bars, these cages. Uh, it's horrible. Yeah, yeah. My dad was at that Tottenham game that you mentioned, Paul. My dad went went to that. Oh, one. was it? Yeah, and uh, wow. he it, he. I mean, for you, it's so funny to hear the two perspectives because for you, it's like not a nothing game because it's the FA Cup quarterfinal. But like it was sort of a nothing game, right? But for my dad, it's like the pinnacle. It's like the best thing that's ever happened was getting to an FA Cup quarterfinal. So, um, yeah, no, it's interesting to hear the two perspectives. Yeah. I remember him playing pretty well. I, I We won 2-0, um, but I remember him playing pretty well. I mean, 2-0 was a pretty decent score. We, really. we had a really yeah. good team from what I hear back at, in that time. I don't think we lost the game at home all season that year. So we were like really, mm. like really, really good at, at, at the time. Um, yeah. yeah, it was good. Now supporting Exeter, Paul, the thought mm. of Tottenham coming down to St. James's Park. Oof. <laughs> could happen next year in the cup couldn't it could yeah. happen in the league cup fa cup that's all we've got next season tottenham we'll take it seriously because we've got no europe so so we'll be taking so if we do come down for the league cup or the fa cup we'll probably bring a pretty decent team because we're going to be taking it seriously well i sort of understand the fa cup now mm. for the lower league sides when it was, was looking at united i was like oh whatever get rid of this <laughs> and that you know now supporting exeter it's really exciting So, Paul, we've got 10 uh, famous questions, relatively okay. famous questions. Mm-hmm. First question, what was the first game you went to? First game I went to was uh, was in 1968. Um, uh, I, I've told the story before, but I was supposed to go to Arsenal with uh, some relatives uh, the week before, and I got flu, and uh, I couldn't go. So the following week, my uh, uncle said, we'll take him to Spurs. You know, he's missed out. He's sad. He wanted to go to his first football match. So they took me to Spurs and that was it. They got me. They claimed me because it was a bit of a split family football-wise. So that was it. I, I was a Tottenham fan. There, but, you know. Um, How old were you then? Not, um, six. Was I six or something like that? Yeah, something like that. And um, we beat Nottingham Forest. 2-1 and Cliff Jones scored and Jimmy Greaves scored really how much so, do you remember uh, of the game because I took my six year old on Saturday it was his first game right. and I'd say he had his back to the game <laughs> <laughs> well six six is see I took my eldest boy 
when he was four to uh, New Tottenham Newcastle game, and we lost. Thing is, um, I took a load of sweets and drinks to keep them interested, and uh, it was a three o'clock kickoff. And at five to three, he'd eaten and drunk everything, and said, "Can we go now?" <laughs> so, <laughs> so I, tried, I said, "No, we got enough. We got another hour and a half of this yet, possibly yeah. longer." And we lost two 0 and it was a dog of a game. Um, but yeah, I, t- I took my youngest lad when he was six and I, he was kind of into it at that point but I think any younger than that you're pushing your luck yeah when do they when is a really good age to take because I've got an eight year old as well and well, I'm if, thinking, if he's I into, think it, he's yeah, into you're... it now yeah I think he's into and it are they, glo- are they glory hunting or are they happy to be Exeter fans well, the they want to... Tottenham oh that's right okay he's Tottenham so yeah. right fair enough yeah. but you can still take him along it's just I mean you know I can, I can, I can take him along yeah <laughs> Yeah. You, yeah, I mean, how many kids, John? How many kids at your school were Exeter fans? Did, what, who else did they support? No, there, there wasn't many. I mean, one of my best mates, <laughs> like well, the reason we are best mates from home, Billy. He, he was sort of uh, a City fan, and to be fair, Paul, like I'm not going to lie, uh, quite a few people in my year didn't really like football. Like uh, my no. my year, certainly in primary school and secondary school, were not very big footballing years. A lot more rugby, so. There was a few that oh, were yeah, like of Premier League sides, but um, of the people that, that like watched football, like me, Billy, Dan, a few of us, yeah, like Exeter City fans, tried tried to support your local as much as you know as much as possible. But they, other than me, all of them have sort of uh, Premier League allegiances as well, which I don't agree with. Oh, okay. So a bit like you, David, because you you are still a, you've got a bit of a soft spot for Manchester United, so you haven't completely. I've got, you're a, massive, not I've got a massive soft spot for Manchester. <laughs> I listen to about eight podcasts a week, Man United. Right, really? <laughs> Weirdly, I sort of enjoy the podcast more than the actual game. <laughs> yeah. No, I like. I'm I'm into Exeter now. Well, I'm doing this. Yeah, good. I'm into Exeter. That's now. good. That's great. It's great, and they're kind of into you. They. They, I think they, they enjoy the notoriety of it, don't they? Really, or um, I, it's good. Yeah, I mean, it's taken a while to really feel anything during the match. Yeah. yeah. When was the moment? Can you remember the moment when you thought, "Oh, that, oh, that was weird. butterflies. That was weird." <laughs> well, I remember. I don't. I can't remember the game. I remember jumping off the seat, going, "Ooh." <laughs> <laughs> but the end of last season, I shed a tear, Paul. Oh, that's stand. lovely. That's good. I, wrote, I really did. Shed a tear. It's under your skin. Yeah, yeah. It was. It yeah. was a special moment, though, wasn't it? It wasn't. I mean, I, th- I think quite a few people were uh, <laughs> were in tears at that one. Yeah, but mm. I was. Fe- I was genuinely feeling it, John. Yeah, yeah. No, okay. <laughs> I believe. <laughs> uh, question two. Paul, uh, where do you where do you sit in the ground and why? Um, I sit up what used to be the West Stand. If people know Tottenham, it's sort of but up but up by the corner, quite high up, more or less in line with the corner flag. I, um, and it was something that started I, as a, I sat at the old ground uh, at, at White Hart Lane. I sort of sat or stood basically everywhere over the years, but not very often in the West Stand because that was. I used to stand on the shelf, which was a kind of infamous, uh, iconic part of, of Spurs at the old ground. Or there's the two ends, the Paxton Road and the Park Lane. So I used to predominantly stand as a, as a kid. Um, but then I got a season ticket, regular seated season ticket in the 
uh, 90s, early 90s. And from there, I just sort of shifted around the ground. But we've ended up, after what happened, we went to Wembley for a couple of years. The guys I go with all quite like that high position. So we decided we will stay up quite high at the new ground. And it's obviously, a gr- I don't know if you've had a chance either to, to go there. It is pretty amazing view wherever you are in the stadium. So we sit. We sit quite high. I mean, they're relatively cheap seats. Not there's any cheap seats at Tottenham. So um, you've shifted around the ground. You've moved yeah, over around. the years. Yeah. Do you yeah, not miss point. your little neighbours? Well, I mean, I suppose you, you went from the core of us who sit together. I mean, when I used to stand, a few of us, a bunch of us, always used to stand in the same place in the ground. But you could choose to. You could be, you know, in the lower east stand if you want to be a bit closer to a game, or you try and get up on the shelf, which was a little bit higher where you stood, or you you go up one end. You had that kind of freedom. You just paid your way in on the day, right. unless it was like a big all ticket game, and you, and you were in the stadium, but. Yeah, we'd shift around, but we'd have we'd have like a season where we stood there and a season where we stood somewhere else. So we used to shift around, but because I feel like I'd miss my little, like I've got the postman. Yeah, are you gonna are you gonna tell uh, are you gonna tell Paul about what what the uh, what they do what they give you your your neighbours? No, they don't give me. I've just they sort of pass board sweets around me, and I've yet to be offered any. Oh, oh wow! So. Really? So they've they've not. You see them? Do they openly do it? Do they actually? <laughs> yeah, yeah. Kind of sort of reach over, across you. They're leaning over to offer them. <laughs> yeah. yeah, and yeah. Never, this is the first. Never been given one. This is the first I've heard of this. I thought you were part of boiled sweet. Game. No, no, no. It's happening all around me, and I'm sort of expecting one my way. Wow. What, what, do you think you, you think you'll shed a tear when when they give you a boiled sweet? Because it'll be the yeah. moment of acceptance. Right? <laughs> yeah, yeah. I think so. But I was thinking that because. <laughs> <laughs> sherbet, sherbet lemon that's like your floods of tears uh, one sherbet lemon yeah. <laughs> <laughs> but I was thinking if, if Naomi comes and I bring all the, the boys I'm going to have to move somewhere else in the ground because we haven't got enough seats oh right so it's to say goodbye to you know the gentlemen around me yeah. well they sound like a sound like a shower of bastards to me but they don't give you a sweet <laughs> Great, isn't it? We're, we're, fr- we're friends like that. Who reaches across someone to give someone else a sweet? That's appalling. I don't think they care a <laughs> shit about me. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. Well, the way that David's always explained it on the pod was that he was part of Boiled Sweet Gang, but clearly, well, no, clearly not. No. He was in the he was in the vicinity. Yeah, the vicinity. Yeah, yeah. Sweet, yeah. But not. <laughs> not a part of the game so you can why don't you take your own boiled sweets and if you can well, offer them around maybe that's yeah. what it is i do take little snacks with me and i don't really offer oh oh well there we are you reap what you sow basically <laughs> don't you <laughs> uh, oh um yeah so my boy was saying um he obviously really wants to go to white Hart lane can you get tickets can a regular person get tickets what you can do, David, if you want to get into a game, you have to get him a, this is all a bit technical, but what you should do, you and him should get customer reference numbers. <laughs> so, uh, I know, it's, yeah. it's very, it sounds painful, but it isn't. I, okay. Off air, I'll talk, I won't do it now, I won't get the handy pamphlet, I will Let's do, do this off air. <laughs> but, I, yeah. <laughs> yeah. But you can, yeah. what's all you need, and if you've got one of those, um, uh, and you can then go on to the ticket exchange and buy tickets because well then somebody can email you the pass because Tottenham's all digital. 
It's okay. compa- we don't have any paper tickets, any cards now. Well, you've got the longest, our- longest bar in Europe, haven't you? It has, yes, in the South Stand. So look, there's bound if if, if he's a, if he's a, it's bound to be a game soon when either me or one of my mates or whatever can't do it. So if you have customer reference numbers, or I, I'll 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 let you know if you find yourself down this way oh. with the eight year old. So oh, amazing! Yeah. So you can come and witness a game in the stadium. It looks is, amazing. Which is good. Stadium. Yeah, yeah, yeah. We have we have extra strong mints, but we tend to offer them to everybody around. Oh, us, that's good, of you. including Paul from Ashford, who's somebody we hardly know, but we still give him a sweet because that that's what we're like. Do you, <laughs> do you really have extra strong mints? Oh yeah, my my uh, my youngest boy, who pre- I predominantly go with, he uh, he always has extra strong mints. How and many now do you Paul get through, Paul? Um, well, once we have seven of us all sit together, and we'll probably get through a couple of packets a game. So yeah, I would imagine. Is yeah, there any need for extra strong mints? Can it not just be just regular mints? Or well, I think I, regular. That's the there's the polo. There's the extra strong mint. As far as I know, there's not the strong mint. Uh, no okay. one's invented the strong mint. Once <laughs> no. they do, we'll go for the strong <laughs> yeah. mint. Yeah. It's the polo or the. Extra but I can't. Strong I can't imagine different. enjoying a whole packet of extra. John, steady, son. I'm guest. (laughs) I'm not. I'm sorry, lads. I'm going to have to curtail that. I'm not. not, Basically, well, there's eight of us with Ashford Paul. So there's eight of us. How many are you getting in a packet of extra strong mints? 16. 12. Like all sweets, they've cut back on. I can't believe we're having this conversation. But I'd say. um, So if you think about it, it's, it's two rounds. And probably somebody else will take one, somebody else we don't know. Or so what, can I have a mint? Yeah. You know, I don't know. I'd, I'd really give it a lot of thought. <laughs> what, Paul, what is your match yeah. day routine? Now, when do, when do you get up? What do, are you excited yeah. in the morning? Uh, it depends. I mean, there have been years when I've been more excited than others. I wasn't particularly excited last year. It was like going for, to the proctologist. It was just hateful football. Uh, and you kind of go out of duty. There's been periods in my life when I, you know, you're kind of zombified. You go along because it's what you do on a Saturday or a Sunday. Do you not, in those moments, appreciate you're watching the best footballers on the planet? Or like- um, not when you're getting a coating every week and you're playing terribly badly. I mean, I, I still go and I, you know, I, I'm not one who says, right, that's it, I'm going to give up my ticket. I mean, we've all talked about it. After last year, we are all saying, how much more of this can we... T-? Well, you feel like you're being sort of mugged off. You know, you feel like... You're, I mean, they're not the cheap. They're some of the most expensive tickets in, in European football at Spurs. So when you're being served dross uh, and you don't feel that in many ways the club are doing what they should be doing to remedy that. It is very frustrating. And you, But, you know, that's the thing with football, isn't it? I mean, Daniel Levy's family made their money in the rag trade. So if you went to one of his shops and uh, you bought a shitty pair of Brutus gold jeans and, you, you know, they, they rips at them and uh, the pockets fell apart, you wouldn't go back to that shop again. So, uh, but in football, it's not like that, is it? You've got this... You've got this kind of captive audience, this audience that they're making an emotional sale. It's got nothing to do with consumerism. They're making a decision every time. You know, you that you can't break that bond. You can't go and I can't say I've had enough of Tottenham. I'll go and support Arsenal or West Ham. It doesn't well, you work. Can, like you that. can so, do Well, you can. You can. <laughs> I've, heard, I've heard of people say, 
uh, you know, I think I'll go and support Exeter now. Yeah. But that, as I said, there were reasons for that. So, yeah. but but no, I just, uh, I, yeah, but uh, no, I, there's times when I really, and a lot, I still enjoy going. I tell you what, I enjoy, I enjoy seeing the people I go with. That's the key, really. We all get together, we have a beer before the game, we have a chat, we all have a moan normally. Sometimes we'll have a beer after the game to keep moaning. Yeah. Um, so, so yeah, losing Harry that, Kane, Paul, yeah. does that does that worry you? Yeah, uh, yeah. I mean, you know, blimey, thirty goals last year. He's going to be, but he he does deserve the opportunity. He's been far more loyal than than he had every right to be. You know, he could have left five years ago, and we wouldn't have had any complaints. So, uh, you know, as you say, you look at comparable players, even Wayne Rooney. You know, how, how long was Wayne Rooney at Everton? You know, first time Manchester United showed an interest, he was off. And, you know, he's like, once a blue, always a blue and all that. He says, mm-hmm. you know, and I'm sure he is an Evertonian, but he made a professional decision. But Harry Kane has probably given us two or three more years than maybe we deserve based on what's gone on on the field. Kept giving us the benefit of the doubt. Kept thinking things would turn round. And a bloke like that with that record should be should be somewhere else, I guess. And that's painful to say. Did I hear Pochettino said recently that Chelsea are the best side in, in London? <laughs> Yeah, I, I, I felt for him there because I, I'm sort of saying that on air. It's a bit like, I, I, the way I talked about it on air was, if you were getting remarried and you stood up uh, to make the speech that you normally do, you talk about my darling wife, toast my darling wife, and you said, now my first wife, she was fantastic, she was wasn't she? I'll, just do, I'll do 10 minutes on my first wife. Um, so what's he supposed to? What's he supposed to say? What's he supposed yeah. to say? Uh, yeah. I just feel that he was asked a question and he was right. He's, I think he said they had been the best London club in the last. I mean, they have. They've won the Champions League. They've won the league a couple of times. Nobody else has. So no. I'm going to cut him some. I mean, the yeah, the vitriol afterwards. Oh, we'll boo him when he comes back. He's a oh. disgrace. Why did he say that? You know, I just, I, I, don't, I don't, I don't buy. It. I, I won't boo him when he comes back. He was. He was fantastic for us, and I don't blame him. We never offered him a job, so but what's he supposed to do? He's got to make a living. The idea that he should go somewhere that suits Tottenham fans is is mad. I'd rather he wasn't at Chelsea, but I don't blame him for going there. And so, can you uh, imagine it at White Hart Lane being, um, yeah, a bit noisy when he yeah. says it? Uh, well, I, I don't know. You might get a few people. That I, I think most people will give. I mean, it depends. If we're like 18th and Chelsea are second, um, I would imagine it could get a bit toxic or for whatever reason, but I, I don't know. I mean, I think it's coming quite early in the season, so I think it'll be fine. I think you'll get... I mean, Glenn Oddle always came back as a Chelsea manager oh, and got, course, a de- yeah. got a decent reception. So. Yeah. Question four, who do you go to games with? I go with uh, predominantly my youngest son because my oldest boy was living in the States and he was now he lives in Birmingham. He doesn't get down as much, but he, he comes to some games or he goes with his brother if I can't make it. But I go um, with uh, me, my youngest son, uh, my mate Steve, who I've gone to football with for years. I have a friend, Tony, who always forgets his glasses and can't actually see much of the game. First thing I'll sit down and say, Tony, you got your glasses. 
Oh, bloody hell. <laughs> Why don't you wear them for the match? Oh, just, I didn't pick, I don't wear them very often. Because I won't be able to bloody see now. I have the same thing going on all the time. Um, uh, we have, uh, so we've decided, the way we decide to sit so we can have a conversation, but there's seven of us who all sit together, but we decided to do it as a, uh, a, a three and a four so we got four behind three in front so we sit like that so we oh, can all go nice. a half time stand up and have a chat so we're yeah. not in this great big long line oh that's good you've thought uh, of that. Uh, so we've got Steve's son Tom um, who's, uh, who comes with us most of the time or other members of Steve's family I've got family ticket uh, my mate Rob uh, the most pessimistic Tottenham fan ever um, doesn't know who we're playing could be playing anybody and he thinks we're going to lose the best one ever <laughs> We played Marlow in the FA Cup. Yeah. Marlow. Yeah. Uh, I, I, I didn't, and we walked up there and we walked in the pub before the game for Marlow in the FA Cup. And this was like in the 90s. Nicky Barmby was playing like in 94 or whatever. Yeah. And Rob's standing there with his pint. I said, what do you reckon then, Rob? He said, i got a bad feeling about today. I said, mate, it's Marlow. Until they turn up in a minibus, I'm not altogether sure they've actually got a football team. What the hell are you on about? That's, about? that's about who we're playing. And the worst thing you can ever say is, oh, I'm feeling quite relaxed about today, because then you know we're really going to get a spanker. Yeah. So, yeah. Uh, yeah, everybody's got their own little, everybody's got their own little uh, quirks and stuff. But that's, yeah, we all, we all kind of sit together. My mate Sean, um, who is uh, somebody I've sat with since the 90s at games, is one old colleague of mine. So, yeah, we have a little seven of us, and uh, Ashford Paul, who is a, uh, who, who popped there's a man in his sort of early 70s now he just sort of sat on his own in the season to get next to us and we've kind of adopted him so he, uh, he sits like with us me. yeah yeah that's not you're you are you're kind of exit to david you know ashford it's nice <laughs> yeah but but we give him sweets that's, oh, that's the nice yeah. how long did it take yeah. you to sort of give him any attention first well the first time we turned up you know you kind of sit in the new seat did you feel sorry time. for him well <laughs> <laughs> well, he was clearly sitting there on his own. And I thought, there's a pretty good chance we're going to be sitting together, possibly for the next 10 years. So we just we just introduced ourselves. And he was oh, telling us, nice. you know, he comes, he comes, he gets the train from uh, from uh, Ashford in Kent all the time. And I always think, when you have these people that travel miles to watch games, there's been times over the years with Tottenham, I wouldn't have opened my curtains to watch them. And yet there's these people who get on trains for... My, my son had friends from Nottingham who would drive for, home and yeah. away from Nottingham for every game. Yeah. And I just think... How long does it take it, you to get to your seat, sort of door to seat? Um, uh, it takes about... What does it take? I normally walk to the... Uh, I leave a park up, walk to the ground, I get a train. If I want, I, I could probably do it in about 45, 50 minutes, okay. probably. Bit yeah. like me. Yeah. Hmm. Yeah. Be nice to have a little ten-minute walk. I've always liked the idea. Of that. Yeah, that's it. Yeah, it's quite nice. I, I, I quite like a yeah walk off, let off some steam afterwards. Yeah, <laughs> yeah. Uh, question mm. five: favourite away ground. Favourite away ground. Um, I like Anfield. I like going to games at Anfield. Um, um, why? It's great. Just great atmosphere. I've had. I've seen. Uh, I saw one particular great Spurs victory there. I've been there about three times, but there was one uh, we beat them in the FA Cup um, uh, on the way to the semi-final. We didn't get to the final that year. And that's another question coming up. 
which ties into the semi-final, I think. But um, yeah, I just, I just, I just like the at- the atmosphere at Anfield is just. It's good. They seem like sort of knowledgeable crowd. They're always pretty decent, even when we beat them in that quarter final. I mean, you know, it was a smashing grab. They were the best team, but we just scored two. Jurgen Klinsmann scored were like virtually the last kick of the game to win it. Um, and I don't know. They were just. I've always just liked going to watch football there. It's a great old ground with a lot of history. Is it noisy and, in there? Yeah, yeah, it is. Yeah, it's it. Yeah, it's just. I just, just yeah. I've always always liked going there. The times I've gone there. Yeah. Do you go to a lot of away games for Paul? Because I've done, I've managed one, I think. Not really. I used to like years ago. I used to go when I was a lot younger. I would go with sort of friends and sometimes get to coach and uh, or to train and go, you know, not miles and miles away. But I, you know, I'd go up to Stoke or I'd go to places like that when I was younger. Um, We've got Carlisle, second I'm, or third oh, man, game. Of that's, wow, that is a that is a schlep, John. You're going to go? I'm going, yeah. Yeah, well, to be wow. fair, I, I live in Manchester, so it's a bit of a... I get like four hour, ah. get a four-hour head start on uh, everybody else. Oh, that's all but right. But it's still another, right. it's still two and a bit hours from Manchester, I think, so it's going to take most City fans about yeah. seven hours or so. Seven so, hours? Seven hours on the coach. <laughs> yeah. I think on the coach, it may even take longer. I think because the, the, obviously yeah. the coach can't go as fast as, as the cars, so yeah, I think it could, it could be oh, like no. eight hours on a coach. All I'd be thinking about with about I don't know 25 minutes to go it's that coach journey home I'd yeah. <laughs> I wouldn't be thinking about the football at my all. dad went one year on a Tuesday night to Carlisle and he got back and like he had he had like work in an hour and a bit when he got back <laughs> oh no <laughs> that's the thing though midweek games midweek games oh. and you've got to go from one end of the country so that Boreham Wood Torquay game was um, was a Tuesday night so yeah. game ends at like 10 to 10 you're getting on a coach back to Torquay from from Hertfordshire uh, at ten. You're not going to get in about sort of five, no. six. In. You've done that quite a lot, haven't you, John? Yeah, I did. Um, I did Sunderland on. I think it may have been a Sunday night, and I had school on the Monday. And I think I got back from Sunderland at about seven o'clock in the morning for school at nine. <laughs> so, yeah, Heart, yeah, done Hartlepool a few times in the evening. Um, did Hartlepool an FA Cup replay once on the in the evening? That took that took a few hours to get back from. Been a few. Well, we there's not one oh. ounce of me that. Oh, Henning Vane got in contact earlier and just said, mm. you ca- "Are you coming to Wickham on Saturday?" No. Well, <laughs> <laughs> I'm going to do that. <laughs> I just I can't imagine sort of driving more than I reckon hour and a half is my be my limit. Have you been on the coach, David? Have you done the Have you done a coach I um, did. journey with the fans? Well, no, but I went to watch Crawley against Man United, and I went mm. on the oh. I went on the Crawley coach oh. in the FA Cup. Oh. Right, <laughs> I hated it. The, the, but all I can remember is the bus driver had a massive bag of dry roasted peanuts. <laughs> and he did and worked all. his way through them. He <laughs> yeah, yeah he, into them. he was huge as well. I was like, they've got, they've got a look, haven't they? We turned, we, we have to, used to have a little strand on the show. Football managers that look like coach drivers, and the, and the one, Steve Evans is the one. Is it Stephen? Uh, yeah. Steve Evans, you can see it's like the blazer, the shirt where the bottom button has popped and you can see a little bit of string vest yeah. through it. It's fantastic. He's scary. A kind of a, a grey grey slacks. Yeah, a kind of maybe a grey slip-on shoe with a white sock, 
Yeah. It's uh, it, and there's that coat and the tie for some sort of maybe ex regiment or old cricket yeah. club striped tie, white shirt. They, they just the coach driver has a look, doesn't it? Yeah, yeah. yeah. I just wanted yeah. to tap on the shoulders and say, just stop with the peanuts. <laughs> You're going to get indigestion <laughs> eating them at that rate. Yeah. Steve <laughs> Evans is uh, is one of the scariest managers I've ever encountered. So I was I was in the boardroom at Stevenage, or no, where was he oh. manager? So oh, I can't remember where. And he was, I could hear him from the touchline, and so. Some of the things he was shouting, I was like, oh my word, I would not want to play under you. Oh, yeah. Just screaming. He did, did not stop shouting at the fourth official, his players, the whole game. He was red, sweating from oh, shouting wow. at the end. Wow, wait. Yeah. And, and then he's got, after he's got a six hour drive back after that as well, isn't he? <laughs> got, got, to get the, got to get the coach out of a tight space. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. Uh, Question uh, six, Paul. Yeah. Least, least favourite away ground. Um, there was one particular incident. I mean, obviously, I can't stand, you know, the Emirates or, or Highbury because is that really was... spicy when you go? Is it? Yeah, it's always a bit unpleasant. You know, it's not. It's not. It's not pleasant leaving. It isn't for them leaving our place, and it's not for us leaving their place. So it's nice if you try and get out incognito when you've won. You know, you walk away from the ground, shake your heads like you just lost because you're finally looking <laughs> to a lady in case you get a in case you get a kick in. So, are you so, Paul? Though, are you yeah. genuinely nervous when you leave? Or do you feel yeah, no, safe? No. I used to, I used to in the seventies. God. Bloody hell, yeah. Going to games when I was quite young, just uh, and, you know, away games, trying to get back to the coach or back to the train. Yeah, you were fair game. The, the police were massively, the local police were massively interested in making sure you didn't get hurt. So it was a bit, you know, it was, um, it wasn't a pleasant experience at some grounds. Yeah. So, wow, wait. But I mean, it's obviously, I'm only joking. I'm not expecting to be. No. You know, kicked around like a rag doll, no. leaving, leaving the Emirates. But it, it's—I I yeah. tend not to go. I tend not to go to those games. A mate of mine a little while ago. He's a season ticket holder at the um, Emirates, and he said uh, he's like brilliant seats, almost like front row in the middle, and like it would have been the best seats in the house. He said, "I can't use my tickets. Do you want them for the Tottenham game?" I said, I'd rather chew my own arm off. You're mad. I'm going to sit there. I'm going to sit amongst all the Arsenal fans watching you beat us three 0 It'd be just hellish. Even if you win, I mean, if you oh, go as a you? Well, there's you're... always that danger. Yeah, people might say, boy, Hawksby, you know, so you know, there might be a... I'm sure it would all be good-humoured, hopefully. And I went but, to watch um, I... X2 against Plymouth away last year, mm. and uh, I really wasn't sure what I was about to experience. It was pretty nasty. And oh, looking yeah. back now, I was like, I was this little Exeter podcast host... <laughs> Standing in a much a sea of green, and oh my god! Oh, you were with yeah. the Plymouth fans, were you? Yeah, I went with the Plymouth wow. fan, and he sort of dropped me off, and I had to walk on my own. And it was a bit nasty. Yeah, Andy once took it. See, I, that's, I'm never keen on taking the home ticket to go and watch my team away. Uh, Andy Jacobs, who I do the show with, he went to Upton Park, West Ham's old ground, because he wanted to see Chelsea play. And his mate was a Chelsea, uh, West Ham fan, gave him his ticket. But even though it was seated, he was in with the right bunch of Herberts. And he didn't realise that. Um, and uh, it was just horrible because, he, I mean, Chelsea won. And he, he couldn't celebrate. And they could tell that, you know, 
And so one of them said, nobody really spoke to him much. And then somebody said, what's your story then, mate? And it was said in quite a menacing way. And he said, for some reason, I decided to be Danish. And he said, well, you know, I'm, I'm, I'm a friend of Tony's. Uh, I'm, I gave him his ticket. I'm from Denmark. And he's doing all this kind of faux cartoon central casting <laughs> Scandinavian accent. Yeah. And they're all going, oh, yeah, never been to Denmark, mate. What's it like? Oh, it's fantastic. And he's doing all this. And it just would have been his luck that there was, oh, he's Danish. It's Danish Tony. Get there, Tony. It would have been like one of them. One of them. Come on. He's got one of your lot down here. But thankfully, he got away with it. But just thinking on his feet, it was like the great escape, wasn't it? He had to think on his feet. I can't just pretend making that decision. Oh, no. Yeah. Just like that. No, not at all premeditated, just in the no. moment. No, I'm going to be Danish, right? Here we go. God, dear. Yeah. Fair, fair play. Yeah. <laughs> so, uh, anyway, apart from that, yeah. um, the worst experience I've had in a way, Grant, it was kind of a neutral ground. I have to be fair, it was at Ellen Road, because uh, we beat Liverpool, which is why I like Anfield, but you know, we, don't, we don't win at Anfield much, I'd like to point out. In fact, we didn't win from about 1912 to 19... 19- 90 or something like that at Anfield. Basically, the Titanic, same year the Titanic went down, we didn't win at Anfield again, Tottenham, till the 90s, early 90s. Oh, no, it was 80s. 80s. Until anyway. Titanic came out. Until Titanic came out. That's <laughs> yeah. right. He broke the curse. Yeah. He broke the curse for us, yeah. Leonardo DiCaprio. <laughs> but, um, yeah, we went to Ellen Road for the, you played Everton in the semi final of the 1995 uh, FA Cup. Yeah. And there was Leeds had this massive, got this big stand, which they decided to house all the Tottenham fans in. And all the Evertonians got the other three parts of the ground. So we had this big, tall kind of rake of a main stand. And, and all the Evertonians had the other three parts of the ground. So it felt like they were surrounding us. And we were kind of up in the sky. Also, uh, they... They put all the police horses under that stand. So the whole game, it smelled a horse shit. So whenever I, I, whenever I go back to Ellen Road, I could just smell horse shit, even though yeah. it's not there. It's just, it's in my yeah. nostrils. That was it. And we lost 4-1. We got absolutely battered in a game we should have won. Right. And and we and it stunk of manure and we, we, yeah so that was a, that was a hateful experience i mean whether to write off the whole of ellen road based on that but that was one of the worst away experiences i've ever had ellen road is up there one of my favorites L- absolutely love ellen road yeah yeah it's a great atmosphere yeah. you no know, i've been i've been for other games yeah, yeah. and i do like it it's just that that on that particular day in that particular game that was the worst away experience i could think of Question. Seven, Paul. If mm. you could travel back in time, which game would you watch? Oh, okay. I I probably go for one before I was born because Tottenham haven't come anywhere close to doing this. Well, not really since. So that would probably be the nineteen sixty one FA Cup final when they beat Leicester because that's when they completed the double. They become the first team this century to win the league and the cup double yeah so so the, the double winning team of 61 are sort of mythical uh they were the sort of relatives of mine that could recite the team and everything so that was the, that was the greatest they say the greatest ever Tottenham side but it was before I was born so I'd, I'd love to go back to the it's got you know, I, I watch some old footage of the old 61 cup final and every, it's like you watch those old games everybody's in three-piece suits they've all got rattles 
big rosettes, yeah. raincoats, they're all smoking capstan full strength, aren't they? Even the kids, the babies, <laughs> got pipes, all the babies have got pipes. It's great. Yeah. <laughs> Simpler time. What, yeah. Paul, why, why do Spurs struggle so much to win cups or win leagues? <laughs> but I don't, I don't get it. Well, when I first started supporting the team, uh, I started going regularly sort of 71. We won the League Cup in 71. We won the UEFA Cup in 72. We won the League Cup in 73. And I thought, this is great. We win a cup every season. Then we didn't win anything again till 1981. Then 1982. And then we don't win anything again till 1991. And then it has been properly followed since then. I don't know. It's just, they've got to a lot of semi-final. It feels like the last decade, they've been a really good football team. Mm. Yeah, they just yeah they just can't get over the line. You know, they just. I mean, you know, who else goes to a Champions League final? There we all we all planes, trains, and automobiles. Everybody goes to Madrid to see Tottenham play Liverpool in the Champions League. We're so expectant. The game kicks off. A minute later, we've given a penalty away. <laughs> and not only that, the way the penalty is given away leads to a change in the laws yeah. of the. <laughs> Just, that's, only that only happens to Tottenham, you know the Sissoko law. You know, no, yeah. never again with a penalty. It's it's the last penalty. The last penalty will ever be given on that basis is the one that shafted us effectively for a Champions League final. And then, so, and then the the year you should have won the league, Leicester go and win it. Oh no! Yeah, yeah. Yeah, with the Battle of Stamford Bridge and all that. Oh yeah, yeah. it's just been. Were you it's, there? I mean, it's all, Were you there for that? I was away. I was. I, I listened to. I was on holiday in the states, and I was walking around. I, I was trying to get Wi-Fi in a barber's in the middle. I was somewhere in the south of the USA, and I was trying to get Wi-Fi to hear the end of the game because we were two 0 up last time. I got Wi-Fi. When I managed to get back on, uh, we drawn two two, and that was the end of that. That was Leicester winning the title. But yeah, they've got to lots of semi-finals games they should have won or. It just, I don't know, we've just been fairly cursed recently. We're hoping the new man, Ange, can lift the curse. Are you confident? Are you confident? I think, I, I think he's a good guy. I think the football's going to be better. Um, I see. We'll see in the fullness of time. We've had plenty of full storms. You know, we've had yeah. proven winners like Conte and Mourinho, but we still haven't won. So Didn't you sack Mourinho? So we'll have to see. Uh-huh. Didn't you sack Mourinho a week, a week before the cup final? That's right, yeah. Manchester City before the League Cup final. We... Uh, Daniel Levy, it was basically it was a double whammy. It was Super League Monday when they launched the Super League, and we sacked Daniel Levy. Uh, sorry, we sacked um, Jose Mourinho. Yeah, so Ryan Mason took us into the final. Have you ever met Jose? Um, very, very briefly. Yeah, I've never had. Uh, actually, we interviewed him myself and Andy interviewed him when down the line when he was still at Porto, and he was a very engaging guy when he was managing Porto in the year that they got to the Champions League final. And yeah, he was seems very nice and good talker and everything. Very, very impressive guy. I think Tottenham's a bit of a disaster. Not as much as a disaster as Conte in some ways as a personality. But um, yeah, those two last managers haven't really worked. But I know, look, you know, he's gone off and he's won at Roma. So yeah, you know, he's yeah. still got his mojo. I thought he'd lost it, but he apparently not. No. Uh, yeah, when he was at United, it all went a bit. Yeah, well, you, you know, you get that. You know, he has he has a little honeymoon period, then it all gets toxic. That's the way it tends to go, isn't it? Really? Yeah. Uh, right, it's my favourite question, Paul. Mm. Who's the best? You've seen some good players. Who's the mm. best player you've ever seen in the flesh? Any player? Best player I've ever seen in the flesh. Um, I'd say 
Yeah, he, I was lucky because I, I, I saw them. I saw Messi play against Spurs, and he had a brilliant game against us at Wembley. Really, but I would say the more special one uh, was Diego Maradona. Um, he played in Glenn Hoddle's testimonial against Arsenal just before the '86 World Cup, and he played for Spurs. And Glenn gave up his number ten shirt for him. Ozzy invited him over to play, and. Uh, Oh, so he was in his prime then at this point. Yeah, yeah, it was just before yeah. the '86 World Cup. You know, we all loved him then. It was pre-hand of God. <laughs> <laughs> so yeah, Aussie, Aussie got him to come over and play, and uh, it was just uh, amazing. Yeah, am I going mad? It was Aussie's testimonial, or was it? Or was it Glenn's? Glenn played. Maybe I'm going bonkers. Um, I'm sure it was Glenn's. Anyway, yeah, and he played. He played with Glenn. What, um, what was it, Paul? What was he doing? on that pitch that um he well he was just i don't know he just he just i mean it's an old sort of cartoon thing but he was uh he was a little magician you know he was he was just fantastic on the ball you know it was just just amazing to watch him play he was just and him and hoddle together were absolutely fantastic yeah and but you saw messi as well I saw Messi play against, um, I've seen him a couple of times, I saw him play for Barcelona, but I did see him play uh, against, um, yeah, I saw him play against Tottenham, they beat us 4-2, and he, I think he scored two, and he made a couple, and he was just, just ridiculous, that looks like, it's like it, it's like it's been played on the PlayStation, Yeah. so, so it is, it's quite mad, so it was, um, it was, it was Auss- it was Aussie's testimony. We're talking about it. it was Aussie's testimony, not Glenn's testimony. That's why he came over, and it was a full house, and that's why uh, that's why Maradona played. Yeah. What? Now I'm jealous of this. What are those European nights like when you're playing Barcelona and it's yeah, to play it's great. It must yeah. be amazing. Yeah, we've had some good ones over the years. Yeah, we've had. Um, I mean, we've, we had a, a big one in the, the 80s when we won the UEFA Cup uh, and that that wasn't a neutral ground then, so the second leg. I've seen Tottenham win UEFA Cup sort of twice at Spurs, once in 72 and then, yeah, in 84. So they're fantastic. The nights under, the European nights under the lights at at the old ground especially was fantastic. Yeah. Um, it was, it was all, actually, it wasn't bad at Wembley because, you know, it was such a, I'm not a massive fan of the new Wembley, but we had to play there for two years and we had, couple of years in the Champions League and we played Barcelona we played beat Real Madrid there so uh, we did have some good nights but yeah so I'm never going to experience that Paul <laughs> I'm not I'm not and it's it does my head in <laughs> it really does well you could experience it as a third as a neutral yeah you could go yeah, along as a neutral it's not the same Do you want to climb it, aboard your eight year old's train although <laughs> yeah, as I, I said <laughs> maybe you should maybe you should have gone for City he should have set his heights he set his uh, bar higher than, than Tottenham, really. I guess if Exeter ever get, you know, Tottenham in the FA Cup, fourth fourth round, fifth round, that would be a yeah. uh, European night, wouldn't it? Yeah. That could be, yeah. That's, yeah, that would, that would be fun. It could happen. It could happen. <laughs> I never saw Pele. I'd love to have seen love to have seen Pele in the flesh play. Oh, that would Gazza, have been complete. Oh, yeah, I watched Gazza a lot. Yeah, he was he was uh, in the early 90s. He was fantastic. You must, yeah, you must have seen him loads. Yeah, was yeah, he I mean, consistently good? He was good. Yeah, he was brilliant. He was just. I mean, there was a particular cup run to the '91 Cup final when we beat Forest, where he was just ridiculous. He was just fantastic. So, 
So uh, yeah, he he was he was he was brilliant to watch. And Gareth Bale. This is the thing in all the mediocrity that we've had over the years. We've had these brilliant players. And Ginola, Ginola, like one Ginola, yeah. One Berbatov. We've had these players that are just box office and great to watch. But you know, we haven't really won anything with them. That's the frustration. Question nine. Worst experience mm. you've had at a game? Is it the horseshit? Uh, that would be up there. I would think that was <laughs> that was pretty. T- or, or the or the Sissoko handball. Oh, yeah. That would be. Yeah. That would be quite bad. Like the worst experience after a game is being chased across London Bridge by a lot of forty-year-old West Ham fans. I thought they were going to throw me into the river. When? In the, in the, that was in the. I did. It was one of those things where a lot of London clubs had all. Um, had all played at different parts of uh, the capital on the same day and all kind of ended up converging in the same place. So suddenly I'm just walking, I can't, I'm just walking across London Bridge and it was like an ambush on Tottenham fans because they knew that was the route we we're going to be taking. And then suddenly I just saw the, all these people running towards us and they started saying, run, run. And then I could see all these West Ham fans. It was just, I was only a kid. It was oh. like... Pretty terrifying, really. I was only about, what, about 14. So, uh, yeah, f- football was an ugly place in the 70s at times. It was it was, pre- it was pretty unpleasant. I think we take it all for granted now, and now, you know. Yeah, well, the last few se- years, was it the sort of mid to late 80s? It sort of- yeah, there was a bit of that, bit of that in the 80s. Yeah, um, I think it probably, it probably was after the Taylor Report, after it became all-seater. That, 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 I mean, there's still pockets of it, but they're all like, they're all sort of fifty-year-old bald blokes. It's like reliving past glory. It's like the wild geese, that old Richard Burton. And <laughs> yeah. It's all a bit sad, really. You see them, you know, stand, stand. You know, they're all about fifty-five and stuff. It's all like they got up to it when they were twenty, and they can't let it go. You know. No God. Yeah. <laughs> well, you don't see that. You don't sometimes see them after the game, do you? Looking for it, these fifty-six. No. No, 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 no. Yeah, I think they certainly for away games. There's a few that, that, that I think they like to sort of meet. They like to meet up with these. Oh, remember that fight we had in 1974? And they yeah, just go, a little trip down memory off. lane. Yeah, yeah, yeah trip down memory lane. I think a few of them like to do that to reminisce. So. Final question, Paul. Mm. What interesting fact have you got about your team? Okay. Um, there's a good story about Tottenham, and it kind of tells you all you need to know about what being a Tottenham fan is. Uh, in 1919, they uh, they were relegated to the second division. Um, uh, but they got what they thought was a lifeline. Um, because they decided to extend the amount of teams in the first division, in the top division. So they obviously thought for a while, this is good news, we'll we'll keep our place. But um, the Arsenal chairman at the time got in the ear, whoever was at the Football League or the FA, whoever it was at that time, and said, you know what, although we finished fifth in the second division this year, why don't you let us come up instead of Tottenham? And uh, the bloke of the FA, probably because of the quality of Arsenal's drinks cabinet, said, yeah, all right. And so, so we stayed down and they came up, even though they'd finished fifth in the old second division and were not deserving of it. But uh, it was like an old boys network. 
and up they come. But that's not the end of the story. Uh, when In 1908, Tottenham went on a tour of Argentina and Uruguay. And uh, they came back. They, they received a gift while they were there. They were there. It was a parrot. Somebody gave them a parrot on this trip. And they took it back to the club. And it lived very happily at the club for many years afterwards. For 11 years, happily lived at the club um, and uh, loved it there. And uh, the day that Tottenham discovered that um, Arsenal had taken their place in the top division by nefarious means, fell off his perch and died. <laughs> the parrot died on the same day. What a shocking the parrot died afternoon. on the day that oh. Arsenal kicked us out of oh. the. And apparently. This is where the phrase "sick as a parrot" comes from. No. Now that, that that's one for Sandy Togsvig. Yeah, I'm not sure. That's a QI one, but yeah, this is what I've been told. But certainly, um, the parrot the parrot died on that day. Says the Tottenham folklore. Wow. So we're still look, honestly we are Spurs like even you, in 1919. So you, <laughs> do you feel like you've just have bad luck all the time? <laughs> Do you? Well, I suppose it's all relative, isn't it? I mean, yeah, you know, I mean so if you look at it, if you look at our run to the Champions League, I mean, you, I don't think we could ever argue about. It. If you look at the game against Manchester City, uh, especially the one at City, you could never argue we had bad luck. Um, <laughs> so it, look, it, it's all it's all relative. But I do feel sometimes that we are a touch cursed. Is that parrot? Is it, is it any? Is it stuffed anywhere? Well, I'd like to think that's a good thing because they're supposed to be opening a museum at Tottenham. So a bit like the old bird that got killed, the one that's in the Lord's Museum, the great with the ball. Yeah. I mean, it'd be great, wouldn't it, if they had the if they had the parrot in a little Tottenham kit from yeah. 1990, <laughs> little stuffed parrot in there. Great, his mouth. Yeah, <laughs> it's fantastic. But yeah, it's apparently a true story that it's a bit of Tottenham folklore. But the yeah. parrot died. Well, Paul, thank you so much for coming for coming on today <laughs> it's a pleasure and uh, honestly I, I it's been a, thank you for doing it it's great it thank was you. great and it, so we can get you in the cup so you boys can both come along and, and visit the new stadium oh yeah I mean I'm going to come along because my boy will you know he's desperate to come along so yeah we'll so we'll discuss it uh, I'll send you details of how to get a customer reference number, David. But you can't wait for that email. But yeah. that's it. And, uh, and hopefully you can get you yourself. Should do like an extra game. part of the pod for Patreon. Yeah, because... yeah, just, yeah. For those that are willing, yeah. just for an extra cup of, for the price of a coffee, you can find out how to get a customer reference number. Uh, cheers, Paul. Thank you so much. Take care. Cheers, Thank fellas. You. Take see you, see you later. later. Cheers. cheers. Bye.